Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Day Trippers, it is the forum on a Monday night. It's Ray, your host, and good evening, everyone. I'm going to give a special shout out to Laura Duffy, who was the first one in the comments. Evening, Laura. Um, tonight, with me, um, we're one man down. Uh, WhatsApp has claimed a victim tonight. It's <laughs> claimed a victim, that's Pete. Uh, over in Barcelona. Um, doesn't look like uh, we're going to get Pete on the show tonight. Um, he can use WhatsApp as 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 excuse tonight, but I am joined by Chris Brack. How are you doing, Chris? Good, thanks, mate. How are you? Oh yeah, not too bad. Thanks, not too bad. And then we've got, um, well, I guess you could say uh, making up for Pete's absence because it's sort of like two for the price of one with Andy, isn't it? <laughs> it's the top red Andy Young. How are you doing, Andy? Oh, good, Ray. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the crack with Pete is. I've been texting him, ringing him, but I think he just operates on WhatsApp and no joy. So, <laughs> no joy. He uh, he didn't pick up his email, which had the link for tonight. Um, that's probably yeah. the uh, the best best excuse he can use at this stage. I don't think I don't think um, the missus is around him this week. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the doghouse. <laughs> oh dear. So look, um, we're going to cover off tonight. Um, we're going to cover off a few topics. Um, we're going to um, cover off a, a, a topic that Andy wants to touch on, which is Hendo's form. There's obviously a lot of uh, detractors of Hendo uh, at the best of times, and I guess they've got a little bit of ammunition with what we've seen recently. Um, we had Genie trending uh, yesterday on Twitter after the game, which was interesting to see. Then we've got um, Chris's topic, <laughs> which is uh, how undervalued he feels uh, the Reds uh, are right now uh, and, and aspects of that. Um, I was going to go into a bit around the head-to-heads and my thoughts on uh, the value around head-to-heads right now uh, compared to how it was a few years back. Uh, Pete was going to cover opposition thinking, <laughs> but I think we'll probably just touch more so on the uh, on the game itself from yesterday, seeing as it was such a huge game. And, uh, and we've got very little really to look forward to with it being the international break coming up. So... Um, why, why are you chuckling away, at Andy? What's what's took you? What's took your fancy already? <laughs> no, no, I'm just, I, it's kind of a, it's just a joke about Pete that's going through your head, but it's, it's not fit for it's not fit for the telly. <laughs> it's not fit for the airways, yeah. No, no. <laughs> right, so um, we'll come on to your topic first, um, Andy. But before we get 
into your actual topic i always like when 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 i'm hosting and when you're on i always like to just get a little bit of a um a, a sort of a reality check from yourself yeah as to how we are so we're going into the we're going into the international break four wins three draws second in the league tightly packed i mean i looked at the table there a few hours ago didn't actually appreciate how tightly packed it was um from chelsea in first all the way down to i think it's is it brighton who are in sixth um mm. it's a really packed sort of field going into this international break how are you feeling overall about the first seven games that we've seen from liverpool yeah i'm feeling pretty good like I always kind of take it. It's the first 10 games really when you can start evaluating what's going on and you can see patterns. Like, you know, we're going to talk about Henderson in a couple of minutes, but you know, this narrative that's grown is, is really only developed over four games. So it still is very early in the season. We played, you know, a couple of difficult games and Chelsea and City. And we've, you know, we've come up against uh, new boys, Brentford away from home. You know, we've we've travelled away in Europe and won, and we've we've played Milan at home and won. So, like, I mean, for all the fear that was going on before the season, it's gone pretty good. We're okay, second in the league, level on points. We're unbeaten. There's so many positives. You know, for all the injuries we're supposed to get, we're just getting normal amount of injuries, just like every team does. Injuries aren't exclusive to Liverpool. But I think if as things keep going as they are, we have no problem beating every other team around us. That was a massive game yesterday. That was yeah. a, a massive game, and City were re- are really good. You know, that's that's that was their best performance this season. And at times we struggled to cope with them, but in the end, Klopp had got them inside at halftime. Had had a word when they came out, and they were a hell of a lot better. And we could have won the game. Look, when you play when two massive games, two massive teams play each other, can swing either way. Like that game yesterday brought me back to when when United were dominating the league and they were playing against Arsenal and they're at their best. Like that's the caliber of the team. The you know us and City now, two best teams in the world playing football like it should be. Um, gung ho football. Two teams are were dead on their feet by the end. So, you know, to evaluate the season after seven games, you can only think positives. I mean, I haven't seen too much that we should be really really concerned about. We just have to keep doing as we're doing, and then I, I beat the teams around us, and then don't drop points when we go and play against the big boys. It sounds very easy, but this Liverpool team are well capable. Of that. Yeah, and Chris, uh, I'll, I may as well just look for your input on this. I mean, you know, unbeaten in the league, two Champions League wins. Um, you know, we, we've we've got ourselves off to a solid start. Could have could have possibly had a, a, another couple of points, maybe even another four points on the board at this stage with. Again, playing playing against ten men against Chelsea and um and potentially beating Brentford. Although we seen with Brentford yesterday that that they are absolutely a sort of a, a a proper team that's come up and can play football in the Premier League and mix it. So, what's your sort of assessment, Ryan? I'm all right with it. I mean, we're only I would say if you'd asked me to start the season where I thought we'd be points wise, we're probably about two points light of where I thought we would be, mm. which is hardly the end of the world. We're actually seven points better off from the same fixtures that we had last year. Okay. And we're currently 17 league games undefeated. And I think yeah. it's 20 in all comps. Doesn't smack of masses of problems. It's small tweaks and it's small margins. Yeah. Uh, listen, you know, we all like to give it out about City. That City first half, 
people go on about Liverpool, this, Liverpool, that. Give City credit. City just played to their max level in the first half. And to us, nobody lives, nobody can live with that. It's really hard to live it. And the the best thing you can do is try and li- try and survive it, ride the storm. Hopefully, don't concede more than one. And we came out nil nil. And I thought at half time that could cost City because they should have scored. I've seen people in the comments say, "Well, if City had a striker, uh, you know, they'd have won three or four. Well, City don't have a striker. They've got Jesus and they play him on the wing. So again, I don't give a shit if City had a striker. You know, it, it, they don't have one. So. Don't moan about what they could have. That's what they got on the pitch. They've got enough goals on the pitch. City have never struggled scoring goals. That's why you have a world-class goalkeeper to keep you in games. That's the point of it. These are the games you need Alisson Becker for. It's not for when you play Norwich away. You need him for these sort of games. So I think there's a lot of crying it in because of two draws in the last two games. Uh, you know, people forget, you know, before the last two games, we, you know, five, you know, we'd had five games undefeated in the league and conceded one goal and everyone's going, wow, defensively, we look solid. Two, mm. two, two games where you concede and to concede two against City. There's no disgrace in that. A lot of teams will concede no. two or three to City. You know the Brentford one is a bit of a mad game. You know, yeah. but you get them in a season. You know, you yeah. are allowed one of them. You know, if we beat if we, after the you beat Watford and you get a good result against Man United, you'd be sat there going, does it does it really matter? Uh, I think this. I think people are far too quick to do a. Hot takes and this this first finish, you know, I saw plenty at half time saying get Manny off. What's the point of the other <laughs> pitch? He's useless. And isn't he something like he's got a goal scoring record this season of one and two? He may not <laughs> be playing like the Saudi Manny of old, but goal scoring wise, he seems to have found his goal scoring touch. So what more can you want? You know, and I thought again, I thought Matic was excellent. Um I think he was excellent. I think he was better than Van Dyke defensively. I think he helped Milner out quite a lot. So there's lots to be positive about. And put it this way, if we have our full strength side out, it could be a different game. We didn't have a full strength side out and we still took a point of City and probably could have nicked it at the end. I was happy. I, in the end, I thought a draw was pretty much a fair result. So, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm all right with it, to be honest. But, you know, I know some people would like more, but we're pretty much talking about to have any more. We're talking about we almost want perfection. You know, you should want, you should strive for perfection, but you're never going to get it. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I, I think it's fair to say that the, the the two two in the end isn't a result that too many could grumble about in terms of uh, fairness at the end of the day. Uh, Andy, we'll come back to you. We'll come on to the Henderson topic and the narrative and and Kevin Ball's early comment in there that I know was up on the screen for a little while. Um, mm. The midfield was looking leggy. Uh, Curtis Jones fourth straight game. Hendo and Fab uh, third game in a row. Uh, we need more rotation in midfield and we need to trust players like Ox uh, and Naby, uh, which goes without saying really, doesn't it? Um, but let's specifically on, on Hendo, he's, he's, uh, he's been, look, he has been involved in creating some goals um, recently, but there has been some, I guess, um, worrying aspects to his performance i mean what, what what's your view on the whole kind of thing do you think people are just quick to jump on the on on the sort of bandwagon because of what goes with 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 hendo and and you know the kind of the history there over the last few years yeah he just, like he seems to be always like a low-hanging fruit to to have a pop-up mm. when when we play well uh don't don't play well or don't win whatever did we, we did play well yesterday but I mean, it was the it was the game. It was the first game where I suppose I thought to myself, oh, "That 
that's just not Henderson. You know, we normally expect a little bit better from him. But there has been an emerging narrative around Henderson's performances this season, and especially after yesterday's game. But people are citing other games prior to this, you know. And it's not coming from the normal quarters who have just criticised them for no reason, you know, and have always criticised them and have always, like, had pops at him without trying to understand his role or that maybe some of these things are tactical. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's fair to try and sit here and we try and critically analyse performances this season. You know, forget the screenshots with, with all the crayons and all telling us where he should be score should be when a goal is scored and all they don't paint a, a true picture you know we don't we don't really know what his instructions are uh, and the role he's playing at the moment like he seems to be a lot higher up and he operates in that little triangle that him or sorry that Elliot Trent and Salah were operating in and it just means that he seems to offer a little bit less protection than normal you know yeah. well for being a goal chasing the ball up high as he does, he likes to do for quick transitions. Hendo isn't talking around as he normally would be. He normally would be used to. And it just means that right back is getting a little bit exposed, you know, and, and the questions are being asked to Trent when he, when he's playing. And I suppose to yesterday with Milner, like it looked like he was on his own with Foden a lot. Mm. But that's a tactical thing, you know. Absolutely. But what yeah. I, yeah, no, what, I've, what I noticed yesterday was just the sloppiness of possession, you know, um, and in the tackle, like, they were what stood out to me. You know, you have to give you have to give him a little bit of time and, and understanding if he is playing that new role. And let's not forget this narrative that's emerging is essentially based on four games. You know, it, if you if you look at when Elliot got injured, when Henderson came in, we played four ga- five games, and then the Carabao Cup, which he didn't play in. You know what I mean? And he is returning from injury, find his feet, fitness, and sharpness again. You know. So it is a, it is below par by his standards. He is playing a different role. Like the last mm. time we kind of had this was when he was playing a deeper role and people didn't really like to see that either. But it's a, it's a bit early to panic in my opinion, you know, or, or else are we seeing, you know, some early stages of a of a career decline? You know, someone in the comments said earlier, I don't think he can play two games a week anymore. I don't know whether that whether that's a fair comment. Just after we've given him the contract, um, yeah. <laughs> it's almost it's, it's almost like the medical team wanted to check that before they give him the contract, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. I mean, there was once there was one you know there was one point yesterday where you know he gives the ball away in midfield and you know he looks like he's running back in treacle as as Bernardo Silva sets off towards our goal. So I think it was you know that was probably the first time I think I've kind of shouted you know fuck's sake you know. Hendo sort of thing, like it was, it was, it was, it was horrible mm. to watch sort of thing. Um, but just in terms of just back onto Chris onto the onto the rotation piece, I mean, obviously, you know, we have Milner who is kind of, I guess, part of the midfield rotation, but he's having to deputise at right back at the moment. Um, we've got, you know, Nabby, who I think the manager would have been hoping could stay fit. Uh, obviously, kicked the ground there. Uh, he's, only missed one game. He's, he's only missed one game, though. We're saying yeah, he's, but, missed, he's, missed, he's missed one game. That's yeah, not, but the thing is, he's normal. never put... The, the thing about Naby, for me, though, is it's, it seems to be a regular thing. 
whenever he gets his opportunity and he gets back in the side and then he, he gets an injury one way or the other, when he is available, what we tend to see is him sitting on the bench then for about three or four games, which says to me he's not necessarily bouncing back and showing the things that the manager wants to see in, you know, in training and so on. So we do need Naby. I think personally, on a personal level, I'd almost, you know, I'm, I'm almost at the stage where I'm writing Ox off as being part of the rotation. And he's someone who can come in and, and fill in, in 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 cup games and, you know, dead rubbers in Champions League and things like this, or come on for the last 10, 15 minutes of games. Um, are you concerned that I've seen in certain quarters that people are now getting a little bit kind of edgy and concerned that are a bit like when we had the issues at centre-back last season, that this could be our emerging problem for this season, the the, the depth in, in midfield based on the, the amount of injuries that we're going to rack up. What, what What's your view on that? I think it's a bit early for that, yeah. I mean, the only real big injury we've got in midfield is... Elliot, who, to be fair, at the start of the season, quite a lot wanted him loaned out, weren't really thinking he mm-hmm, would mm-hmm. he would make a start. You know, Thiago's missed, what, two games with a, a calf injury. He's probably back after the international break, so it's kind of the norm. Uh, you know, Thiago, we all know he picks up injuries, but he's literally had two injuries at Liverpool. Uh, fortunately, one of them was when he got his knee snapped and the other one is this calf injury. <laughs> Apart from that, the only thing he's missed is COVID, which... Mm. You can't do much about that. Naby so far has been available for six league games, started two, come off the bench for two, and sat on the bench for two. So, you know, he's featured, you know, in two thirds of his games is available for. So the manager's using it. I think the manager's decided for this week, it's a big week, where he can, and he, I think he does for these big weeks is, I keep the same team, get me through this international break, and then we'll regroup, and he'll do the next bank, because we've got, a big note we've got a big October and then we've got another international break in November. So I think you just do it as a group. So he's probably told Nabby, get yourself fit, get yourself ready, you know, don't get injured international duty. And <laughs> just don't go. Don't, don't go, <laughs> don't yeah. Go. Don't, don't go. get kidnapped. Yeah. So as long as he comes back safe and sound from there. And then you pro- I, I've no doubt you'll see Nabby play quite a bit uh in the next four or five games. Uh, I think he just decided for this just to get through. Mm. I think Ox is literally now Sixth choice. That's what he's there for. He's always literally like, with the main three, then we have Jones, then we have Naby, and then it is Ox is there. So that's what he's there for. And all clubs have a sixth choice who just fills in for a few games here and there. That's mm. kind of his job. You know, that's mm. what you want him there for. In the ideal world, we're hopefully going to see Ox starting in Milan for the last Champions League group because hopefully we're already qualified. And he just says, I have yeah. a run out. I mean, in fairness to Ox, um, he's not had many chances, but he hasn't really took his chance yet. Where I mean, no. so for Naby, he was probably a bit unlucky not to start against Chelsea. It's just unfortunate that um, Harvey Elliott arrived and arrived really well. You know, look, that happens, but it's a long old it's a long old season. Yeah, I think people I think people are very scarred from the, the centre back situation. I think mm. it's a bit too early yet for us to sort of kick on with that sort of mm. stuff. Yeah, like Kev's making that point there. You know, there's games you can rotate in. Yesterday wasn't. You know, and hundred percent. You, you know, you're not going to just bring in different players there. You're going to play, he's going to play what he feels is the strongest tree in midfield. And Liverpool have used 24 players this season. So we have been rotating. Look at the rotations being going on at the back. Like, he, you know, yeah, the, yeah. I forget the game now, but uh, neither Robertson or Trent played in it. Um, well, Trent turned out to be injured. And the midfield, seen, what's that? So you've never seen Robbo have, have so many rest days. Yeah, yeah. You know, so... 
like they're they're rotating there. They would rotate in midfield a hell of a lot more if Naby hadn't picked up his injury, Thiago hadn't picked up his injuries. What happened to Elliot hadn't happened to Elliot. So, I mean. <laughs> I don't think it's it. It's just kind of Forrest Klopp really more than anything that he's probably had to play Henderson in a couple of extra games that he would have intended on, especially how many how little games he played the second half of last season. Hmm. I mean, how many for you, Andy? What 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 would you say is the kind of the optimum number of games that Hendo should be playing? Are you saying sort of like two thirds of the games this season potentially would be would be more likely to be the the, the you know, in order oh. to keep him fresh and, and try to avoid any any injury? I mean, I still think that Henderson plays 90% of the games that he's available for. You know, at, at this point, I'm not going to start, like, I, I wouldn't be jumping on this narrative that, as I said, it's four games, really, that we've seen him playing in this new role. You know, and there's this emerging narrative. Because of his performance, yes, they just wasn't too good. And someone else said it earlier on, he's entitled to have a bad game. It just to me yesterday just wasn't wasn't what I'd expect from Henderson standards. You know what I mean? He looked a bit sloppy in the tackle. He gave the ball away very cheap a few times. Mm. He was loose in the tackle, and it just seems like he got frustrated. But let's oh, not right. forget, the, yeah, let's not forget the quality that he was playing against. You know, us and City, and and, and some people, are, like, including some Liverpool fans, are putting City ahead of us. Two best teams on the planet at the moment. And they are so good on the ball. They were so good in the press yesterday as well. They they pressed at the right times. And Henderson just had a bit of a a bit of a stinker. But mm. his his previous games in a new role, I mean, I wouldn't really be getting too too worried. Coming back from injury and playing a new position effectively. Klopp will get that right as well, tactically. You know what I mean? And uh, someone cited Sam Sam McGuire's article there um as well. I had a read of it. And what he did talk about was he kind of felt that Henderson was following. Um, oh, fucking! I can't. Silver. I can't remember. Anyway, Silva was yeah, but he, he was following him over to the left hand side and leaving space in behind. And it's because he kind of done it a number of times. He thought it was a it was a tactical thing that Klopp had asked him to do. Which look, that's that's a fair point. So like a lot of these things end up being intactical. And now we're talking about Henderson being leggy or Henderson not being able to play more than a couple of games a week or, you know, these things, these things like seem to come out of one game. You know, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting, obviously, after the international break remains to be seen uh, how much he features. Uh, I take it he's going away with the England squad. Um, yep. Intre- I mean, he doesn't tend to feature all that much um, at the moment um, under Southgate, so it'll be interesting um, what sort of form he comes back in and if the, the the international break is a little bit of a break for him in some, in some respects. Um, and then, you know, potentially expect him to be playing against... Uh, Wofford and uh, I think he needs a really strong performance when he comes back from from this international break just I think for his own kind of confidence really you did see that frustration yesterday yeah. there was one moment where he comes very close to the camera on the sideline I think the ball bounce, takes a bit of a ricochet goes out for a throw in you hear him swear and he's getting really frustrated at that stage of the game and yeah. uh, and, and 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 he's obviously for you could see it in his face he's frustrated with his own performance and that yeah. nothing just seemed to be going right for him on the day and he obviously understood it was a big occasion it was a big game 
things weren't going well for Liverpool generally, mm. not just for himself. And um, yeah. hopefully we can <clears throat> shake that off in the next game. I've always, uh, you know, you, you might have guessed by now, but I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Henderson because I do I do feel sorry for him because the, the criticism uh, he's had to face his whole career. And he's got so many ex-pros or, or people that currently in the game who really, really respect him as a player. And for whatever reason, he has to answer to all these shitheads that know nothing about football. It's <laughs> it's it's not right, is it? You know, he's the Liverpool captain. And he's earned that right to be the Liverpool captain. He was bought by Kenny Dalglish. He was scouted by uh, Fergie, who didn't buy him. And he didn't buy him for for reasons that were were incorrect in the end. He didn't think he'd last mm. it. Mm. Uh, Roy Keane recognizes qualities in midfield. You know what I mean? I, you, you have massive players around the world that uh, comment on them, and uh, and around Gerard. Like, I mean, it, it's it it bugs me that little dickheads can get into his head and affect his performances. You know what I mean? It's for the greater good that everyone gets behind players like Henderson because he's he's absolutely quality when everyone's in behind him. Well, look, he was player of the year, wasn't he? Uh, the season we won the league. And I think a lot of people have never got over that fact that he was player, player of the year um, and have, um, <clears throat> have carried that forward in terms of uh, being very quick to jump on his back. But Master of Disaster uh, saying their strong rumours Basuma deal will be done in January. Um, I, I won't go on to the second half of it. All I would say is, um, Chris, if we were if we were to go out and strengthen in one area, we don't tend to do business any big business in January. But if we were, would you be happy that we were strengthening with another midfield, sort of central midfielder, come come January? Given that we reckon Harvey Elliott would be out for the majority of the season. Well, I don't know. The talk is Harvey Elliott could be back by January. It depends how he heal, how well he heals. So, I mean, the only thing with Basuma is you are buying another player that's going to go to the African Cup of Nations. So. We'll buy him in January and not, not, not see him until February. So it doesn't really help you in the January run. Um, me personally, I'd actually prefer another pacey, pacey wide player. If you're going to ask me to pick one position, I'd like another pacey wide player to add to the front for just to give us something a bit different and just take a bit of, take a bit of pressure off Mane. You know, it gives us the option to give Salah the odd break and just give someone a bit, just give us another option. Who that person is, Christ knows. Um, but Liverpool don't tend to do much in January. They haven't done for a while, really. I know we did Van Dijk um, under Klopp, but it's not. It doesn't tend to be his way unless there's like a bit of a shitstorm going. So we'll see. I mean, I've seen a few saying we need a forward in January for the, with the Afcon, but it is two league. I suppose think about it. It is only two league games they would miss. So and that's assuming they both get to the final. But yeah, if you ask me, I'd probably say a forward more than a um, midfielder. More than a midfielder. Uh, Red Steve mm. says, is the strong room of some bloke on Twitter? Um, <laughs> it always is. <laughs> it always is, isn't it? Andy, um, Andy's bird. Well, how, what will they do with the, for the rumours now tonight? Or if this WhatsApp uh, being down continues, uh, where will well, the rumours yeah. come from? Because we all it, know where they come from, OETK WhatsApp groups. <laughs> <laughs> send, the, send the carrier pigeon. I mean, yeah. it's yeah. I mean, it's panic stations out there in that community, right? Does Voiber still work? <laughs> get, get on the ITK Voiber group. Uh, Darren Dunbar. All three midfielders were poor yesterday. We still got uh, a draw against the best team. I thought I thought I mean, Cordis was good in the second half. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he certainly 
played a, a part in Salah's wonder goal anyway. Um, mm. And um, yeah, I mean, he's been, I think he's been quietly, well, not quietly, because certainly he got all the plaudits in the last game um, against Porto, but his progress has been from the point of view that as the season starts, he's not really kind of, doesn't seem to be in the players, uh, sorry, in the manager's thinking to already sort of like seven games in, you know, seems to have re-established his position as part of that sort of midfield rotation. It's really promising, isn't it? He obviously, you know, it's very, it would be very easy for a player, a young player like that, who who got some game time last season and then sees Harvey Elliott get, you know, get some game time ahead of him to sort of, you know, his, his head to drop but that certainly hasn't been the case and what we've seen out of Curtis Jones over the last few weeks has been probably as big a bright sort of point as, as any that we've seen um, yeah. over over the last few games so uh, big big shout out on Curtis Jones's form over the over the last few games yeah. so um, we, we, we'll we'll move it on um, we'll move on to Chris's topic now um of uh undervalued reds um i i guess um chris we we, we started off by sort of trying to get a bit of a, a sort of a barometer of how everyone was feeling um i think this really is you kind of touching on the fact that what you know there's people out there who don't necessarily um value um, either what we've done collectively as a as a as a as a team or or individuals. So I'll let you expand on it. Yeah, I mean this has come from well we all we all know it's come from it's come from the summer because we didn't in some people's eyes sign as many as we want. If you'd asked me, I'd have liked us to do a bit more in the summer. But there's this narrative and it's been going on since we since Liverpool won the Champions League won the league that it's a miracle that Klopp's won the league. And there's part of me going it looks a miracle when you see what other teams are spending is, but when you looked at the squad that won the Champions League and came second by a point, and then you saw the, the squad that won the league, I was sort of going, I don't remember if you've got the time going, this squad's paper thin, this squad's shit. It's just, everyone's sort of going, this is one of the best teams I've ever seen. This is the best Liverpool side I've seen. And then all of a sudden now it's, it's not actually that good, is it? And again, I think too many buy into the outside noise of all the pundits saying, don't fancy Liverpool. There's nothing in the squad. You know, we had Nicker Richards who makes some good points, but who's saying, well, Liverpool get a few inj- few key injuries. You know, they're going to struggle to compete with the likes of Man City. I went, well, they had no Thiago, no Trent, two of the keyest mm-hmm. players we, we need on our side. And we still got a draw with Man City who had no injuries. This is the same Man City side who won the Port injury for six months, gave up on a leak. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think people forget, you know, you look at the goalkeeper, would you swap Alisson with anyone? I wouldn't. No. no. Centre-back wise, I think we're fine. Right-back, we're fine. We'd probably like a bit of cover. But I think there's too much focus on what we don't have, what we can't do, and what this player can't do, this player can't do that. It's, it's the world we're in. He's good. look at what you have. You know, and you know, Klopp says it many times. People think it's a line, because uh, some people think he's a yes-man, which I think is the most laughable thing I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, is Klopp said many a time, is his biggest thing was, look at that Madrid side that won three um, Champions Leagues in a row. He said, most of that squad played in all three because they kept the squad together and just added. Now, where we probably get frustration is we probably didn't add enough in some areas, but I'm still looking at that squad. Even the midfield options, you know, we're three midfielders out and we're still, yeah, to me, the squad was still fine, you know, and I just think sometimes 
people need to take a step back and go, well, you'd like a few a player here or a player there just for a bit of depth and a bit more options. But I think people sometimes, you make, you make you think that we had like a team full of Jimmy Traoris, the way some people go on about it. You know, this all conquering City side, you know, Chelsea were not going to lose a game up until three weeks ago. <laughs> and now, now they got beat by City and slapped by Juventus. And it's interesting in the big games, Chelsea just turned into, for me, a rich man's Burnley. They don't expand, they don't go at people. You know, that's what they wanted to do with us. And the way City played against us, Chelsea wouldn't have coped with that. Chelsea wouldn't the second half come out and played like we did and thought, we're going to take, we're going to go toe to toe with you. It's how we play, it's high risk football. And I do hear people say that, you know, oh, we haven't got a Kevin De Bruyne, we haven't got, but we don't want to play like Man City. We want to play how we play. I think people sometimes have got to understand that just because we don't play like Man City or play like Chelsea, that's not a bad thing. It's the way we want to play. Like City don't, City can't play the way we do. We all have different ways of playing. And I just think sometimes you've got to appreciate what you've got. I mean, you've literally got, now you're looking at a player playing for Liverpool who will go down in the all-time Liverpool 11s now. I'm convinced by it. You asked me to do an all-time Liverpool 11, Salah's in it. There's not a debate. There's no argument. Uh, you were asked me to do a Liverpool 1 and he's in it. Yeah. That's a, that's a, he's, he's the best player I've seen play for Liverpool in terms of what he can do now. It's, Goal scoring wise, it's ridiculous. As good as Torres was, as good as Suarez was, it was in short fleet. This is now five seasons and he's 10th in the all time goal scoring list. I think when he leaves Liverpool, he'll probably be at least top five. You know, this is something you don't see every time. You don't see someone get to like fifth in your all time goal scoring list, especially when you see the players that would be above him, which is Billy Little, Roger Hunt, Ian Rush. You know, you're talking the elite of elite for <laughs> Liverpool. So. I do think sometimes we just need to take a little bit of a step back and go, do you know what we've got actually quite good. And I think in the league now, I've just checked, we've used 21 players in the league. So again, there are squad players who are making influences. And to be a squad player, you don't have to be amazing. You just have to do a job. And sometimes your job is just get the team to win. You don't have to be amazing, but it's giving someone a rest. And that's sometimes what you need. You know, Whether it is Chamberlain, it wasn't great against Norwich away, but do you know what? He was he was able to help us get a win, which meant we didn't have to rush back Thiago and Henderson. That's kind of what the job is. You know, you don't win the league by playing brilliantly all the time. It's just getting the job done. So that's my little rant anyway. It's fair. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, the other thing I, I, I think, yeah, I mean, is- Andy, just in terms of, just, just in terms of, um, Mo Salah, it comes up time and time. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> I think what he was going to ask as it comes up time and time again is he, is he, uh, oh, we'll have him back. There we go. There I had to. I, all, I, all I heard for the last, I don't know, two minutes of that, Chris, was a load of Dalekey on need kind of, yeah. It's the best, anyway, it's the best thing. So, it's the best thing we've ever said. You never hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to watch it back. Andy, uh, I'll <laughs> hand it over to you because you've already started commenting on what Chris was saying. Uh, I think you were going to ask me, it comes up time and time again, is it that Salah's the best, the Most greatest Salah. player that's ever played for us? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, essentially. I mean... And how undervalued he is. He really is. Yeah. Look, he... Well, he, he doesn't seem to be in the conversation for a lot of people. You know, today it was all the rage. Is he the best player that's ever played for us? I think it was Dave Thomas still maintains, you know, 
ex-day tripper Dave Thomas, we might get back on some stage uh, to talk about this. He still thinks he's outside the top five. I mean, he is 100% in the top five at this stage. Whether or whether or not, you know, he's forced top, the best player that's ever played for us, that's definitely up for up for debate. For me now, he's probably there, just ahead of Gerard, And that's absolutely no disrespect to Gerard. But Mo Salah is just unbelievable. And what he, the, what he produced yesterday, like this is his fifth season. This is a player that people were talking about, a one-season wonder, then he was a two-season wonder. He's been maintained at this level, world-class level. He, like he, how he hasn't won the Ballon d'Or before now is 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 unbelievable. What he done yesterday, and what he's been doing for five seasons now, and he keeps like looking like he's getting better and better again. You absolutely have to just hold your hand up and say, "Yeah, we've had amazing players that have played for this club over the years, like Kenny, Rushy, Fowler, Torres, Suarez, Gerard." But come on. Look at Mo Salah. Don't don't deny it any longer. He probably is the best player that's ever played for this club, you know. And that's just that's just what I think of him at the moment. I mean, it's it's hard it's hard to it's hard to put into words how lucky we are to have him playing for Liverpool. He basically well, is what he he's basically what Chelsea fans think Hazard is. And yeah. I seem to remember there was a certain journalist who said, basically just said Mo Salah is just just another quadrado. He he doesn't do anything what Hazard can do. No, he does ten times more what Hazard could do. Um, and I think people just need to get on get on board of it now. Like well, there's look, che- Veranda Cheese is telling Andy to get off that boat. Uh, he thinks it's yeah, no. And look, I mean, I'll, I'll come on here and we'll debate this one, Neil. Um, Gerard Gerard's like. An incredible player, world-class player, but look at Salah. Just because Gerard was is a Liverpool legend, it doesn't mean that Salah can't enter that conversation. He's so he's so good. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think the thing about Stevie G is he he was that beacon, wasn't he? That that consistent beacon that shone through, particularly in our darker days, and he was the one player that we could kind of almost rely on to bring a bit of joy to what often would be fairly uh, mundane seasons. Um, uh, whereas Mo Salah, he's, he's kind of, I guess he's part of a, um, a, a a bigger cast, I suppose. Like we've got so many exciting elements to this squad, you know, whether it be the goalkeeper, whether it be Van Dyke, whether it be even Mane, um, you know, the, the, there's so many exciting aspects to this to this team, and 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 maybe, you know, because some games Mo could, you know, kind of frustrate people with with not putting certain chances away. Um, I don't know what it is. He's, he's always kind of bubbled below the surface, but I think what we've seen that wonder goal yesterday. Look, he's, he's he had a wonder goal against Chelsea a few seasons back. He's always got that in his locker, but that was just that was just out of this world yesterday and the only the only the only thing I could fault was its timing really like if that would have been a 90th minute winner and he would have got that shirt off again I mean <laughs> that would have that just would have been I mean it was replayed enough today on Twitter but that just would have been he's uh, had that a goal ever he's had that done to him twice I think he had a similar goal against Spurs and 
he was robbed of that being the winner yeah. back of the last when minute we, penalty. We, yeah. Yeah. But I think yeah. that was I think yeah. that was better. I think that's yeah. that's that's probably his best goal. Just because of the the amount of things that happened in the goal, the way the strength he showed uh showed to protect the ball, the turn, um, the roll with his foot. He even took a push from Foden on his way. He kept his balance. Then he gets away from the three players and he's bearing down on goal and there's a, a, a player coming out to him and he turns him inside out again. And, it does I mean, it and, then, it does and then the finish from a tight his... angle with his, with his uh, weaker foot. Mm. Oh my God. Yeah. Look, I, 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 listen, I listen back. The, the one thing, looking back at that goal again and the, the, the various replays from the various angles, I, my, my, I was just... My attention was on the crowd as well. The the you know the oohs and the ahs from the crowd as he <laughs> as, and the anticipation that he's about to knock that in the net, sort of thing. Did it, you see the girl with, so her, with her hands up like this? Back. Look at the girl uh, no. behind the goal and her hands are, and she's you can you can liberate her saying yes, Salah. <laughs> can you just imagine sitting yeah. there in front of that? I mean. That girl will never forget that for the rest yeah. of her life. Can I just address those comments? Look, Master of Disaster says, uh, if he signs a contract wins more trophies, he can put them up there with Kenny and Stevie. Longevity should come into it. Absolutely, it should come into it. I'm not saying he eclipses these and Liverpool legends. I mean, he's, in the, com- he's, in, the, he's in the conversation. No, That's what we're saying. it'll be very hard to tip those guys off being legends at a club. That's a different argument. I'm talking about the best footballer that we've witnessed. I mean, Suarez is pounds. in this conversation, even though he was at, at the club for a short time. But it's just, mm. it's just the talent, the raw talent, the things he was able to do on the pitch. You know what I mean? This is about ability. This is about what what they've done in their short space of time. You know what I mean? You take any five I, seasons I, I, of Gerrard and put them up against uh, Salah and what what Salah's been able to do on a consistent basis. It's just nothing short of incredible. You know. I think I think the other aspect of this, Andy, is that we're we're so we're so blessed as Liverpool uh, fans to have seen so many great players down the years through the different generations of this mm. of this football club, and it can be very hard to compare, you know, generate different generations, different eras, you know, uh, non Premier League eras with Premier League eras, um, you know, it, it can be. You know, it can be a really hard sort of debate to have because we—it's just the choice is is almost limitless. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. You can probably get it down to the the best. Most people could probably get down to the same kind of five or six as the top five or six in the history of the football club. But but you know what? Like they're all in their own rights. They're all absolutely fantastic players, and I think. I think if Salah does commit his um, future to Liverpool and he stays with us for another three or four years and he does win the trophies that I think he deserves and this uh, fo- this particular version of our football team deserves, then then it will be a much harder argument to have uh, to say, you know, Salah isn't the best um, footballer that we've, that we've had at, at the club. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, look, the the the, the great thing is that um, he does just in the here and now. He does seem to be absolutely loving his football again. He's that threat that we absolutely need in order to win trophies this season. And I think for me, you know, um, to have that 
right now is 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 pretty much priceless you know um norman there just comes straight into my eyeliner would not swap salah for anyone now is that a fair comment chris yeah yeah um he's first play in a while we've had where he'll get the ball near the halfway line and i'm already on the edge of my seat thinking he's going to do something um he just has that aura about him um and I think the other thing that's getting that's getting forgotten about because of how good his sec, how good the second goal was is how good he is for the first goal. You know, uh, fair play to Grizz. Uh, I caught bits of what the guy was saying last night. Um, he's evolved his game. He was pretty much a finisher. He was a runner and a finisher. That that was his job, and he took a few chances to finish it. He's evolved his game now. He's more he's more uh, more rounded now. You know, he's getting more assists now. I mean, I think it was only Ian Rush and Kenny Dalglish who have scored more goals together in a game than them two. I think it's 36 goals now. 36 games where Salah and Manny have scored to, scored together. He's getting into that sort of level now where you're sort of going... And what I like about the City goal now is that was on his weaker right foot, which you know the joke always was that Salah's right foot was standing on. But now he's starting to score those goals in his right foot. You are literally now going, what do you do? Do you show him to his left where he's going to bend it top corner? Do you show him to his right where he's going to blast it? Mm-hmm. People don't know what to do with him now, and he's not, and he's, and he's not too bad in the air either for such a short fella. So you, I'm, I'm looking at him now, going, why would you, you know? I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm praying he signs a new contract because I'm just like, I mean, I'm also thinking like, why else would you want to leave Liverpool? There's no reason for him to leave. So I just hope the club and him can find the, an agreement and he stays because he's brilliant. He's, a, he's a legend anyway. I think now because you know what he, what he's, what he's already done for the club and. What I do like about Mo Salah now is he's not massive on social media in terms of he doesn't tweet very often like his thoughts and games and stuff like that. He's quite a quiet guy in that sense. But it's interesting, his, his tweet last... Sorry, his, his Instagram last night was we're fighting for this title. And to be honest, the last time Mo Salah did a, a sort of Instagram post was, I think it was after we dropped points and there was about less than 10 games, just, just over 10 games to go last season. He goes, we're going for Champions League, we're fighting for it. And he, he kind of has that all around that. He's not, a cap, he's not mm. the captain, but I think when he speaks, I think a lot of players sit up and say, "No, he's going." Well, he's if Salah says we're going for it, we're going for it. And he has that kind of awe around him now. It's just mm. it, look, I I just love watching him. You know, yeah. you, I always think when Salah's on the pitch, you just know you've got a chance of winning a game. Even when City dominated us, even City gone one 0 up, I'm still sat there going, "Yeah, but if we get one chance of Salah, though, I'd fancy us. To, I'd fancy us to get back in this." Mm. Just, just how I always feel about it. It could be the 95th minute. I still fancy Salah to get one chance to win it for us or equalise for us. He's just got that aura about him now. Yeah. He's, he's he, such an unbelievable character as well. The humility he shows after a game. Like, he, I mean, he didn't take any credit for, for that goal. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> he just says, he said, oh, I haven't watched, I need to watch it back. Like, it was just so down to earth. You know what I mean? And yeah, I think, like, to have a player like that, he suits Liverpool, you know, that personality. You know, we, we it's it's exactly like the kind of leadership that Klopp expects. You know, for players to be in it all together as one for the cause. And I mean, it, I'd hate to think that it's just all about money, about him extending his contract. But he, he, you need to pay this guy what what he's worth. Is you know, is is value worldwide because every club in the world will want to sign Mo Salah now. And you, yeah, it's, it's it's not about greed. It's about it's about paying him what he's worth. And at the moment. It's a generational player. I mean, you wouldn't expect Messi to to be paid any less than that. So why well, why should Mo Salah be paid? Just paying pay whatever the fuck it is. 
this is opportunity, isn't it? To set. I mean, obviously he's set up for life. I'm sure he is. But this is the this is the contract that kind of you know this is the big one, and that 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 will, I'm sure, come into his thinking. It might not be right at the top of his thinking. I think personally, I think he's he wants to win things. I think he's got that hunger. I think what you see yeah. is when you, you you talk about those posts, is it just shows that. This is someone who's not. He's won. He's won the European Cup. He's won the Premier League. He's not. He's not going to sit back and accept that he's, you know, climbed Everest and he doesn't want to get back up there, sort of thing. This is a. This is a fella who wants to, who wants to be a serial winner himself, and he wants to be part of a, a team that 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 is winning trophies. And I think now is we've we've almost in somewhere in 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 you know in days gone by, not not just the fact that. You know where where we're the level that we're at, and the fact that we can win these trophies. But I think when you couple that with, you know, what's going on in Spanish football and some of the some of the what, what would have happened in the past, uh, probably not being possible um, unless obviously investment comes. But um, you know the fact that he shouldn't really be. Uh, persuaded to go and play for a Barcelona and a Real Madrid no. when you see when you see you know what the you know what they're doing on the pitch and off the pitch at the moment like that that hopefully that will that you know there's there's so few landing spots for him that will be able to a pay in the money and b give him the opportunity to win things like like he's going to have at Liverpool that hopefully yeah. hopefully there's it's a, a perfect storm in our favor who's yeah, he sending a message to to you know with the when he's celebrating i don't know i don't know I don't know. Probably. Maybe, maybe he does feel he's got his 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 I, detractors and his critics out there. Uh, I, I personally hope it's, uh, you know, I I would love not more for this to be a a, a kind of a almost a who's better, Ronaldo or me kind of message. To be honest with you, I wonder. Him. I do wonder I, if the Ronaldo I, things took the shine off him. I think all the talks about Ronaldo coming, and he's a very humble man, Salah, and he is humble, but he's got that nice blend of. Hu- being humble, but having that football arrogance in, in the sense that he goes, you know, he, he is quite a humble man, but he also goes, I know I'm good though. And I know I'm better <laughs> than all of you. And mm-hmm. I will show you I am better than all of you. And mm-hmm. the fact that the limelight is actually on Ronaldo. Do you know what? That may put a bit of a rocket up in professionally where he's going like, you want to talk about Ronaldo? I'll show you what I can do. And you won't be talking about Ronaldo when I finish this year. I've seen it. There's a couple in the comments who are, Obviously, giving up about the owners saying, well, they let Genie go. Do you know what? It's football. Not every it doesn't mean they're gonna just because Genie went doesn't mean every player's gonna go now. Every player's gonna get his contract run down. The interesting thing I've noticed about the Genie situation was when Klopp was asked, he said, I hope it gets sorted. When he was asked about Henderson, his 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 turn of phrase was it will get sorted. So that says to me, there are certain players that he's gone, it will get sorted, which means Klopp got it, Klopp made sure it was done. I think for Genie, no matter what Klopp says to you to your face, he had the him and the club must have had a discussion and said that's the level we'll go to and we'll sign him. And I don't think Klopp agreed to it. Otherwise, because I think if Klopp really, really pushed it, I think they could have made a Genie stay. So, and also I've seen a few saying, you know, we won't get much money from now if we sell him. You still get a lot of money from him, even with two years in his contract. But the Oxford Town sell Salah was probably a year ago, two years ago when COVID wasn't a thing. So. Even for the owners, if he's being cynical, even if I was the owners, you get him to a new contract just to put his value up for 18 months, two years' time. Mm. So, look, I personally think the Salah thing gets done. I think it's all 
big games, and this is kind of what happens with big transfers. You know, they don't get done quickly, swept under the carpet. That that mm. it, it it's kind of the way f- football is now. Big big contracts are kind of played out a little bit in the media. That's just kind of the way it's done. Henson did it for his contract, and I'm sure. Yeah, it's the dance. Overall, it's the dance, isn't yeah. it? That's regularly done, not just at Liverpool, okay. but at other clubs. Yeah, let's face it. Wayne Rooney was going to was going to Man City. Definitely mm. got to Man City. Mm. Hey, uh, you know, fed up United. Definitely got to Man City. Few what? Few weeks later, signed a new multi-million deal contract at Man United. It's the dance, and mm. you know, he's and you know, all Mo's doing is he's, he's making it fairly easy to get what he wants now because he's like, look what I can do. But look, the rumours going around is he wants between three hundred and three fifty, which to be honest, is a lot of money. But when you hear what other what you call elite footballers, who I would say aren't as good as Mo Salah, are on more yeah. than that, yeah. I would say. In the going market, that's not that's not masses. And Liverpool are one of the few clubs who can say you can make that back on shirt sales because we do yeah. have a deal which we get a percentage of shirt sales. You know, mm. don't let don't don't let things like oh Ronaldo's paid in shirt sales. He's not. United get a set fee for for, for Adidas. They get seventy million or eighty million a year, but that's what they get regardless of how many they sell. Yeah. So I I keep I keep hearing this, and I have to dispute that comment. Um, that that's that's Liverpool's model. It's it's absolutely not their model. They sold players who wanted to leave when these players didn't believe in the project. You know mm. what I mean? Torres felt he had to leave, um, because he was you know he was getting older and he needed to win titles and he had to. And Liverpool can only sell him then if that's the case. The same with Coutinho. It was a, a boyhood dream for him to go to Barcelona, and there was there was no way they were going to keep him. That's what he wanted to do. That was he had his mind made up, and Liverpool capitalised on that. Sterling fancied going to City, and also, we couldn't the, prevent the, it. The difference, the, the difference with these well is with Sterling, with Torres, with Suarez, we were a stepping stone. We don't like to hear it. We yeah. were a stepping stone. We were a shambles. I think it, we we just not, need to take. We're not that uh, way now. Yeah, yeah we're not that we way now. So I think if FSG, um, I think look, if FSG were truly that way inclined, one of Salah or Mane would have gone, would have gone by now. Come here, if if that was if that was FSG's model, we'd have seen like we we'd see players getting sold all the time. Mm. It's generally not the case. For years, for the eleven years that they've um, they've been at the club, they've tried their best to hang on to the players. And if a player wants to go, look, if Mo wants to leave, and it's Difference. not a case of someone. I mean, you just have to be a grown-up and accept that that's what he wants to do. He wants to move on to different pastures. Like, you know, I'm sure if if Barcelona or Real were doing doing a lot better financially or it was a more attractive proposition, that maybe that would enter Salah's mind. But at the moment, I think he really does want to stay at Liverpool. And it isn't really about about money. It's about just whether they can stay competitive and whether they're going to... Are they prepared to pay in the market value? Which is absolutely what they should do. This isn't like breaking the wage structure and then all of a sudden every player is going to want that. Players need to really see where Salah is in terms of who they are and what he is. I think there are certain players... it's not like it. paying Genie. It's not like paying Genie the three hundred or the three hundred and fifty k. Then you would be asking some questions, wouldn't you? You'd be saying, "Well, hang on, he's not. You know, he's probably not even in the top five in terms of the players and the importance that they bring to the team." But when you're playing, when you're paying the the the, the clear by some clear day, like the best player at the club, I think 
overall in terms of what he in terms of what he delivers. Um, Jono, I, I John, think it's, I think it's the only thing I'd ask for John because I, I could see what you're saying. See, he's not anti FSG; it's just stating the facts. Mm. The only thing I would say is, of all the big players who've left, let's say in the Klopp era, because that's when we've been at our best. How many big first teamers have left for big money? Coutinho, where he faked a back injury before a key Champions League qualifier but then was okay to fly to Brazil, which cures a back injury. It's amazing what a, a long call fight for this year. And then he did the same for the City game, got another back back injury and went. So, and I think Klopp, I think they all agreed that we're having, we'll get rid of this. And they tried to keep it. They did try and keep it. Um, mm. So Coutinho's one. And the only other one I can think of is, is Genie, where they couldn't come to an agreement on a contract. And Emre Chan, but the, the Emre Chan and Genie both felt that they, you know, for the wrong reasons, felt that they could go elsewhere on a free transfer because that's yeah. the way these things yeah. work. And look, they, they both buy away and and, and capitalise on a personal gain, you know, from from doing that. I mean, if your model, if your model is to send out value on players, players that aren't going to stay and that want to leave, I mean, they'd have been, they'd have been sold a year before their contract. Mm. But yeah. they had they they could have they brought in Thiago they brought in midfield when they probably midfield when they probably didn't actually need when they could have sold Ginny but they did try and keep him yeah. it would have made a lot more sense if that was your model like Jano I I, I saw it those players they wanted to leave I don't think FSG have actively tried to sell a player to raise funds I you know a player that's you know look at those players they were top players for at the at the time. Mole's our best player, and I, d- I don't think it's. It, I don't think it would even enter their mind to try and cash in. Yeah, on yeah fair, fair. So I mean, a fair comment here from, um, from Kev. Have we just have we got a bit of a issue with Chris now? Have we? Yeah, no, Seems I think he's just unless unless he's just like that Paul's. Yeah, <laughs> he's got, he'll, I'm sure he'll come back in. He'll get I himself mean, back Kev, in. Kev, Kev O'Sullivan makes a fair point. Uh, you wouldn't see Allison and Virgil commit the best years if they weren't assured we would be competing for major honours. You know what I mean? Like players like that wouldn't be hanging around if they if they weren't consistently playing cha- Champions League football and, and competing for trophies. You back, Chris? Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the joys of Wi-Fi. The joys of Wi-Fi. So um, look, we'll wrap that up. I think you know. I know we sort of start started on uh, undervalued uh, Reds, um, but I think um, I think Mo Salah in some ways kind of epitomises some of that um, right now. So we'll we'll move on. We're an hour in. We'll move on to um, my topic, which was around uh, the head to heads and, and the top four. Um, look, I, I guess we've seen. Already, uh, Liverpool play two games against the top four. We've 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 had home games against Chelsea and Man City. Um, we've 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 drawn both games. Uh, you could argue uh, we could have won one of those games playing against ten men for a half of football. Um, you could argue, you know, City maybe um, could have been out of sight by half time uh, in the other game. But, but the reason why I brought this up really was the fact that. A few years ago, I uh, and you know probably only as recent as two or three, the last sort of two or three seasons ago, I was adamant that the only way that we win a league is if we capitalise on taking say six points against City or six points against Chelsea. You need to take more points off your title rivals 
if you're going to win the league. But I, I actually changing my mind on this now this season I actually I think we've come on so much I think we're in you know at such a stage now where I think we've got you know we've got the players we've got the squad we can actually grind out the results against the teams where you know we would historically slip up and, and lose that ground on on our rivals and then be in a position where we have to make up that ground so my view now really is when it comes to the head-to-heads um, with City, with Chelsea, with United to an extent, because, you know, they, they make up the top four ultimately, although I, I've still got absolutely um, no um, concerns about them being our business come, come the end of the season. But I actually think, you know what, as long as we're not losing substantial ground in those head-to-heads, you know, if we go to the Etihad, and get a point or better, or if we go to Stamford Bridge now and get a point or better, I actually don't think we have to get too uh, concerned about the fact that we haven't won those games at home. I think our biggest focus now is is to make sure that we we don't throw away those home games that we threw away last season. And I think the crowds coming back will will be more than enough to ensure that that doesn't happen and that we go away and, and we win at tricky grounds. I know we slipped up at, at Brentford in a way, but I don't think that was any any uh, any shame. I, th- I don't think that was a bad result at all. I think what we've got to do now is focus on beating the mid-table sides, beating you know the relegation fodder. And as as long as we come up with you know draws against the likes of City um, against against Chelsea, against United. I, I, I don't think it's too bad a thing. Um, Chris, what would be your view on these big head-to-heads these days? Because you sometimes now feel like you're going into it and it's a must-not-lose. Yeah, uh, you do feel a bit like that. I think the head-to-heads have become more of a thing now because... Um, I'll be careful what I say this now because it, well, it sounds like I've been disparaging. <laughs> when it's United and the third gear when they were winning lots of league titles realistically, their big head-to-head was do not lose to Liverpool, do not lose to Arsenal. That's mm. probably it. Or sometimes or it was Chelsea or, you know, it's a, it was only two teams that they go, right, these are the two teams that we make sure we don't lose, that we beat the rest of the shit. And that's kind of what we did, which we were in the, the shit at times. Now, it, it always feels at least about four teams that you're going, well, I can't go into four games, that can't go to eight games this season looking for a draw. So you, I think you do have to win some of your head-to-heads. Um, look, if I'm honest, I'd have liked four points at the head-to-heads we've had so far. In the context of I'm all right with a point with City, because to be honest, that first half City played really well. Chelsea one's still a bit annoying. Um, but I think it's not the head-to-heads. I think it's the first team that probably does a win a winning streak of 10 straight wins. Mm. Uh, I think Liverpool did it the year they won it. The, two, the, the season's even when City done it. They just went a run of like 12, 15 games and it was like 15 like 14 wins one draw but basically just killed everyone's hopes and momentum and that does it for you and it doesn't always have to be against your title rivals I think it's the one who gets the first big winning streak going which no one has done yet I think last season I think it took till about I think it was about December time when City just kicked into a gear and I think they won 12 on the bounce and that killed the league and I think that's I think that's more important so you can get the first winning run going yeah, I mean, if you look at the, I mean, the, the one I guess you could point to, uh, you know, 
you know, in hindsight, if we could have taken all three points um, against Chelsea, um, you know, we're top of the league. It, it's you know, it's that swing of of three points. If you if you actually look at, I, personally, I think, and the you know, if you kind of pound for pound, I know that I know the top of the league, so it's obvious. But in some respects, you know, Chelsea have definitely had the best start because. When you look at the the teams that they've faced, yeah, they've I mean they've they've you know they've got City out the way, they've got Liverpool out the way. They they've actually had a, a relatively tough time of it. You know they've played Villa, who've who've been you know decent and and, and given teams trouble already this season. They've played Arsenal, you know maybe not so bad. Palace can do things on the day. So I think they've had a decent. You know I think they've probably had. The strongest start overall, and if you actually, the, my concern would be now if you go in after the international break, you look at Chelsea's fixtures. They've got a they've got a run of fixtures now where they could easily go uh, ten games in a row, mm. uh, where they win all of those games. Um, do you think, Andy, after this international break, we've got to really put the foot down on this league? Yeah, look, where they. <laughs> Well, your theory is you beat the top sides at home and away, you take points or you protect those games, and then you just go and beat the shite or you beat the shite and it was against them. It doesn't matter. As long as we get 90 points, I think this season 90 points is going to win the league. You know, um, So however you do it, it it's just, just get there. In terms of Chelsea, they look very well set up to beat shit teams. The way Lukaku can... Uh, Batter the shit teams. Seems like you'll just score loads of goals once once they're not coming up against really strong opposition. Their stock has really fallen in the last while with their with a couple of bad results. They weren't even bad results. They played some good teams, but people are starting to realise that maybe Chelsea aren't all that. You know, I think whoever gets the ninety points, however they do it, is going to win this league. I think Liverpool and City are still, you know, that bit ahead of the rest. But Chelsea are definitely going to um, be involved. Like that, you have to put you have to put your um, your wins together. The worry for Liverpool is if if they can win those games, you know, they that that the season we won the league, we seem to just go along and 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 not make hard work of games. The Brentford game, they did show signs that the of the cracks at the back, we're, we're definitely not as as tight as we were in previous mm. seasons. It does take a good defence to win a league, but it's still very, very early days. Seven get seven league games in. It's a very, very tight at the top. I think the one thing is we've. Lo- I think we look as threatening as we as we have in you know um, in you know further back in terms of Klopp's reign. I think we always look like we're you know we're scoring. You know what? Three goals. It's regular that we're scoring sort of three goals away from home um, as a minimum seems to be standard at the moment. Um, the, the threat we've got going forward is it, it hopefully is enough to overcome any any cracks. But what I would say, um, and it was part of almost the enjoyment of yesterday's game, is um, you can always rely on Alison Becker at the back, can't you? Because um, you know. Uh, whenever, whenever we're giving up big chances against some of these teams further down the table, generally that 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 fella stands up uh, and is countered, isn't he, uh, Chris? 
Yes, yeah, you've got more trust now. I mean, you've kind of got that perfect triangle of Matip, Van Dijk, Fabinho. I know the last two games they've they've looked a little bit below their level, but you know those sort of things do happen. And so I think that's what I think that that's the key. I think probably if you keep Fabinho fit for probably at least say thirty of the thirty-eight games, you're getting pretty close to it uh, winning winning the league. So I. I'm still not convinced by Chelsea. I know they're top of the league. I know they look like a flat track bully, but <laughs> I know they've won the games against Southampton and Villa, but I'm watching them going, I don't know how much, I sort of felt sometimes you're, going, you're getting away with it a little bit. And I always feel like, I'm not sure you can keep getting away with it. And despite, I think outside of Lukaku, I don't think there's enough goals on him outside of Lukaku. Whereas the one thing with City, whether they have a strike or no strike, there's always goals in City. City always score 100 goals a season, no matter who who's playing for them. And I think that's that's always going to be the case. I feel like we've got lots of goals in us, which is a, wasn't the case last season. Mm. I do wonder if the lack of goal, the lack of goals, if Lukaku doesn't fire, um, might hurt might hurt Chelsea a little bit. Uh, and United, I just don't think they have the balance, uh, especially in the midfield. I just I think that's going to hurt them. Uh, I think we saw it against Everton. We've seen it against Villa. I think that midfield balance is hurting them a little bit, and the manager is making very strange decisions when he doesn't need to make them. I think he's making populist decisions. So when you're up against Everton, you don't need to throw on Ronaldo and Sancho. You can throw one of them on, keep it solid. You won the up, just get the win. Fergie would have done that, got the win. You know, there's a myth that Fergie always threw four, three and four fours. He did that when he needed the win. If he was one look, Fergie was quite happy to go one nil, shut up shop if he needed to. And I just don't think Ollie can do that. So I still think it's was a thing. I'm glad you brought up United, though, Chris, because uh, like I'm convinced, you know, these they're they're just they're, they're getting away with absolute murder. I think on a on a on a on a game to game basis, you know, the Villarreal game. Um, obviously, they they don't get away with it against Villa. Um, they could easily have lost that game against Everton. You know, even go back to the to the game against West Ham and what happened there sort of thing. They, 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 you know, back on the head-to-heads and, and and the whole kind of top four, that's, you know, with that game kind of on the horizon now, um, Andy, that's the one game I think that we've just got to go out and win. Like, we, we, like we are so much better than Manchester United. <laughs> um, and whilst that manager's still in charge, we need to... We we absolutely need to take three points off them uh, in a few weeks' time. Would you agree? Oh yeah, I mean it's such a massive game. Even though I do think that we're we're miles ahead of them in terms of quality, it's one game of football. I'm I'm back in the day when they were really good, and we were kind of where they are, just kind of chasing and maybe kidding ourselves sometimes. Uh, we were able to take points off them. <clears throat> It's it's the worst feeling in the world when you you know when you get beaten by the Manx and when you wake up the next morning you know it's an unbearable thought. I'm not worried about them as title contenders. I think every so often they they convince people because they keep kind of getting it over the line and it goes on for a while and you start wondering now oh, have they got in in them? But someone said earlier on you know they're supposed to be so bad but they're only three points behind us they're three points behind us after seven games if you multiply that by a fifth of the way through the season you know it's 15 points or probably more by the end of the season so the, i wouldn't use that as a benchmark uh, and if you look if you look at their fixture list um and i'd i'd say this at the start of the season their their starts of the season i was going they should be comfortably top because yeah. i would say they haven't had a fixture 
a, a run of fixtures where you've gone, Christ, that, that's a tricky run. That's a tricky run. They were mm. they were a run of fixtures where I'm going, they should be winning most of these. You know, they, they should probably be about four or five points clear at the moment. And that wouldn't have been like daunting. You just sort of go, well, that's the run you get, and that's what you want to what you want to do. I don't worry about as title contenders. I do worry them as title spoilers. Mm-hmm. You know, a bit like the, the old Mourinho way, which is, I know we won at Old Trafford last year, but it, it feels Old Trafford is one of those grounds we just have a bit of a hoodoo over it. Uh, I mean, I'm hoping because we won there last year, that's that's broken it now, and we can start winning there a bit more regularly. But it just seems to be a ground that no matter what form United are in, they always find a way against us a little bit at Old Trafford. So we'll see, we'll see what happens now. Yeah. They seem to roll over against City, like, and just not <laughs> us. They seem to yeah. beat City. They always beat City. Well, it, it's the big game. Like, Liverpool is the big game for them. I, I still, I still I, you know, mm. I, I just, it, it really is above, above their own sort of derby. And, and, and I think if they if they were given the choice of beating Liverpool or beating City, then it would, it, they, you know, they take Liverpool all day long sort of thing. Mm. I, I, I mean... Look, you're right, Chris. I mean, whenever we go there, there's always the fear of something going wrong, isn't there? Whether it be a red card or whether it be a, you know, you know, Ronaldo having a, a you know, doing a, a Cantona special or something. You know what I mean? Like that's that that's that's the kind of that's the concern as we rock up to Old Trafford in a in a couple of. I mean, weeks there, there might be. I mean, there, there might be a little protest by that anyway. So you know, <laughs> I mean, the last one they did worked out really well for us because. Um, thank God for that protest because we were shocking for them when they were <laughs> going to that game. That protest Thanks, came at the right time for us, so you never know. We might get a weekend off. Yeah, I mean, um, Ashley in the comments further up said, you know, um, they'd love that to be our statement win, you know, to, to to absolutely kind of put a marker down for the rest of the season. I mean, there'd be nothing better, would there, to go to go there and, and, and make a, an absolute show of them. Um, yeah, it's it, a big you know. Well, after the international, it's a big month, isn't it? We've got Watford with the, with the new manager bounce, which is always fun. Then it's yeah. Atletico, then United, uh, and then I think it's the Cup, and then it's Brighton. And to be fair, Brighton are no mugs now. You know, you, you start the season, you'd have gone, well, you should get a you know, home win against Brighton. But, you know, mm. Brighton are causing quite a lot of teams' problems now. You know, they're playing really well. You know, they could have been yeah. top a couple of times this year. It's a really attractive fixture list, isn't it, coming up? Mm-hmm. It's got a bit of everything, hasn't it? You know, it's got, as you say, the new manager factor, uh, you know, against Watford. You know, a team who, let's face it, when we last went there, they they destroyed us. Um, you <laughs> a, lot know, of, um, yeah. a lot of pace on that side as well. Yeah, Saar is still uh, going to be a thorn in our side, I, I suspect. Um, and then, yeah, we've got we've got the showdown at Old Trafford, as you say. We've got the the Champions League game against Atletico thrown in there. Then we've got the trip to to uh, to Deepdale to Preston, and then playing a very you know a very decent Brighton side, who are one of those kind of mid table sides who could potentially sort of take points off off any of the big four this season so it's mm. it's got it's really has got a bit of everything and it's kind of you know it's it's you know you're getting into the teeth of things aren't you as you then get into mm. kind of the november um and christmas fixture kind of list sort of thing um exciting so, wouldn't it Oh, it is absolutely, and you wouldn't want to be in any other position. You wouldn't want to be, you know. Uh, you you think of the struggles that you know the likes of United and City and and Chelsea have had in the Champions League already. You know they've all they've all lost games. Um, you know we, we we've we've gone out there in what's supposedly you know the toughest of the groups, and we've got 
two wins out of two. And just, I mean, as we're looking forward to to to, to the month of October, I guess I just want to get your thoughts as we did go on a little bit ad lib here in the absence of Pete. I mean, this head to head now against Atletico Madrid. I mean, you know, they 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 dispatched of Barcelona at the weekend without you know without too much fuss. I mean, is this you know what are you expecting in this head to head? Andy against uh, against Atletico Madrid and uh, Luis Suarez. Yeah, I mean, Atletico's always been a horrible fixture for us when we played them. And uh, but uh, you just don't know what to expect from them at the moment because they didn't they draw with Porto. Mm. Yeah, admittedly, Porto had a, a proper keeper and goal though. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they, they didn't have that Benny Hill guy in goal. It was hilarious. The and and, so and and look, they only got they only beat Milan by the skin of the teeth having yeah. played mm-hmm. against 10 men for a considerable amount of time yeah yeah. but they have got uh, Joao Felix who is playing a bit like how um, Foden did um, so you kind of hope Trent's back for that because I don't really yeah. fancy him doing that to Milner again I mean <laughs> yeah. you know as well as Milner's done for us at right back he, he is 36 you don't, you don't want to keep throwing a 36 year old in you want to be able to rotate him in and out so hopefully we'll have a Trent, a Trent back for that game yeah, having them having Suarez now just adds that little bit extra into the game as well. Like you know, makes you look forward to seeing him playing against us. Like the last time, um, at Anfield, it was it was good to see how sick he was standing there when we when we when we beat them. Look, it's a Champions League game. It's always going to be big. You take a draw, wouldn't you, over there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have to, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um. Just looking, um, looking at some of the comments. I mean, John was saying uh, Atletico should have lost to Porto and got very lucky against Milan. So you know, in another scenario, they could have been sitting there. It's always a different kettle fish when they play, but this is their big game. This is the big game. Yeah, they want to play. So you know, I uh, the way they, I think the way they play in the games is a bit irrelevant. You know, I think it's well, don't kid yourself. This would be a tough game, but. Yeah, it's Absolutely. just yeah, it's it's how they can match us for energy as well. Like, I mean, that's why I think they've always had that they've they've got you know been difficult for us in the past because there's not many teams out there who can match Liverpool for energy. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, look, we've got a score to settle, haven't we? And I think Klopp would would, would like nothing better to at least over the two games come out with more points than them. So you know. Whether it be a draw at their place and a win at Anfield, um, uh, that 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 be that be more more than enough, yeah. wouldn't it, to come out? Well, we're well on our way at that stage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, as Laura says, we're, we're everyone's cup final at this stage, and you know they they will absolutely raise the game against Liverpool because. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but I do think those Liverpool fans, we should take that as a sign of respect that whatever yeah. that you you think you see them in cup final because that. Because let's be fair, when we were not that long ago, crap, you know, playing United, beating United or beating City was our cup final because, you know, beat the big, beat the team that's the informed side. So take it as, it's a sign of where you've come is everyone wants to beat the biggest team in town. And Liverpool and City are those two teams at the moment. So take it for it. It's a sign of respect. It's a sign of how far Liverpool have come from where they were 10 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Look, look, it's uh we're an hour and twenty in. We're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. We're not gonna go on too long tonight. Um so um last thoughts, we've got no upcoming game 
Andy. So I'm going to ask you um, seven games in, um, a reasonable <laughs> sample size. Um, give me your um, updated uh, one, two, three for the Premier League. <laughs> uh, obviously, Liverpool. Yeah, it's 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 just you know the last couple of games with Chelsea, I had to, I do think it's shoulder cracks. I do, I do think they'll fall short. I think it's going to be between us and City. So Liverpool and City all the way, and and Chelsea kind of not too far behind. Probably still evolved by March, April. So Liverpool, uh, City, and then Chelsea, and after that, then I think the rest are just shit. Yeah. <laughs> the likes of United, the likes the of likes Spurs. United, the likes of Spurs, the likes of everything, they're all just the same. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you a different uh, question, Chris, based on what you've seen so far. Uh, what stage do Liverpool get to in the Champions League? Final. A final. Why not? It'd be nice to have another European Cup final, wouldn't it? Yeah, let's go for that. Let's go for a final. Let's be positive this early in the season. I'm, I'm going to give you the final prediction. I'm going to say we are going to win the Carabao Cup this season. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> All silver is good. You know, um, I'd like to see us win an FA Cup or a, or, a, or a Carabao Cup. I really would. You know, under Klopp, I think he'd make a big deal out of it too. Oh, yeah. He'll have a party. Absolutely. Red Steve is asking about a chat with Gav. We're doing that next Tuesday. Oh, was that a rescheduled um, gig, was it? Were you meant to do it in the last international break? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was working or something. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. Sometimes, sometimes talking about Liverpool being so good gets a bit boring, but me and Gav will have a bit of fun next Tuesday night. So tune in. Shoot the breeze. Yeah. Right, well, look, that's been... Um, a Monday night, that's been the forum. Um, I'm sure plenty of people out there are going to, um, after the show has finished, busily check their phones to see if all their WhatsApp messages have come through. From the I've, last, just got, uh, I've just had a WhatsApp through from Gav, which he sends a long time ago. So, oh, there we go. I, th- so I, think it's, in, I think it's slowly starting to return. So normality is resuming, eh? Normality is resuming, so we can all go back to our, our regular uh, chats and the ITKs can uh, can start conspiring again to come up with the latest uh, false rumour. So, uh, well, there's I'll... there's further evidence of uh, little old Ireland being marginalised because uh, it's working. WhatsApp have got it going in England before well, uh, inter- intermittently. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, look, at least at least it's working intermittently in Ireland <laughs> now. Still my, nada. Uh, my WhatsApp is down. Oh, I, I, that that wouldn't please the likes of Phil and and Pete, um, in in particular, uh, if if the Brits are getting the priority yeah. and things uh, yet again. Um, right, okay. So look, we will be back uh, for another forum uh, next Monday. Um, in the meantime, I'm sure um, Gav uh, will get a few shows out there, keep us ticking along until we get through this international. Uh, break and uh, and all the way into the uh, into the Wofford game. And am I right in saying that we are we first up? Are we in the 12th, next? Uh, yeah, twelve thirty. So mm, that, that'll be fun. And uh, the women are playing uh, Saturday. It's on the BBC. Okay. It's on the BBC's. Sorry, it's on the FA Player, which is free. 
so you can watch the women play for free as well if you want if you want to watch that you've and been getting to go to a few of them games Chris. yeah 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 been yeah. all the home been all the home games so far a bit of a mixed bag but yeah i think we're currently sat two points off uh top at the moment so and it, and it was a win yesterday was it yeah yeah uh beat uh crystal palace uh, two 0 when they were down and they were down to ten men. So you know the men could learn a few things from that. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> so back to back wins. So yeah, it's good. Uh, Leanne uh, Keenan got her first two goals for the club. So yeah, good early positive signs. So all looking good. There is a women's show um, already out now on the YouTube channel. So if you want to check good. that out, that came out that one with Neil Atkinson, was it? Yeah, yeah, that came out uh, early last week. So I've got that and I've. And um, there's some past interviews with uh, Nifahi and Kerry Holland as well. Very good. Good old plug there, Chris. Keep There we go. That's, that's my job done. Yeah, happy days. We'll be back next week. So until then, over and out. Sports Social Podcast Network.